Welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I am your resident wit. Ned, <laughs> welcome to the program. My co-host needs no introduction. You just know him as the resident wit. Yes. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is... Hello? To... Crowd? Did you hear it? Let's try it one more time. Ready? You are listening live from... Darby? The... Darby? Home... Darby. Studios... In Woodridge, Illinois. Wow. I think the crowd was intimidated by the resident wit. <laughs> the house forgot they're a little off because they didn't have school today so uh special day today uh not only is it uh indigenous people's day but it's a a special birthday as well yeah it is laura foote's birthday today producer podcast dinner maker extraordinaire and 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 truly the resident wit of <laughs> so happy birthday. Happy birthday, Laura. Uh she's she's out she's out celebrating. She's at liquor box right now. Oh yeah. She's been there all day. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Mm. Olaf we know Olaf will take care of her. Just keep her away from, <laughs> from Boylan and uh his uh his uh, machinations, his nefarious machinations. But that will be no problem. Laura can handle herself. Boylan got a new job. He's working checkers drive through now. <laughs> I forgot about that. It was a promotion. So good for uh, him. All right. If you think so. He's providing toughness to the checkers in Beverly and uh, good on him, um, I suppose. At least, at least we don't have to see him when we go celebrate. And we've, yeah. had, and we've had a week to celebrate. We uh, have. The, uh, the listeners, we want to thank everyone for a really good week of, of, uh, of listens. Um, we are uh, doing quite well this week and that's all thanks to you. Um, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend or two or five about us your kind words are our best uh form of advertising but uh thanks very much for everyone tuning in for the list we welcome any new listeners any feedback you have for us we appreciate any show topics you want us to do that you uh, realize we haven't done yet look on our jag bags page you can contact us on instagram facebook or twitter and we will try to do any subject you ask us about we also uh have shortened the diamond listener application though before <laughs> it was uh, you know, I, I acknowledge that it was pretty long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 pages seemed excessive. Mm-hmm. So we've shortened that. Now it's just uh, five nine and a half. Nine and a half and an oral interview. Uh, right. Uh, where you have to come in and just, uh, well, that, that process is secret. We won't uh, reveal all the secrets on, on air. But um, yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Please suggest a topic. We'd love to have you as a guest if you're so inclined as well. So uh, thanks again. And uh and one of the uh, topics that got a lot of uh, attention this week was uh, the end of your latest uh, music bracket. Uh, yeah, the, the Talking Heads. Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to the bracket? You didn't think there was going to be a lot of response, but I, I thought there was. I thought there was a fair amount of response. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It wasn't. I got into it uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> He was immediately contrite. Poor Bolo. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, he loves music. And, uh, he, you know, he was emotional because uh, uh, because This Must Be The Place got eliminated. This Must Be The Place was the song that seemed to inspire the most emotions, even though it didn't. Yeah, Biesenbach, I think, loves it too. Yeah, I love that song. But I just I, don't think it's well known enough. I think a lot of times with the talking heads, you know, you say, you know, uh, life during wartime. And they say, well, what's that? I don't I don't know that one. Yeah, because it's not, it's like a... 
lot of our songs are like Zeppelin songs where if you name the title, the title might not be in the song at all. So you're like, wait, right. let me let me check and then you hear it and go, oh yeah, I know that song. Right, right. Right. Like uh Swamp. Uh I don't think a lot of people knew what Swamp was, but then you said yeah. like like Eileen had forgotten what it was. Mm-hmm. But then I started going, hi, 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 <laughs> hi, hi. Which is like, oh, I love that song. Yeah, and it was good timing because did you go see it? Did you go see Stop Making Sense? You never said. We haven't. Uh oh, okay. there's been uh, you know, lots of the lots of liquor box uh detail um i've been uh, had some friends in out of town that wanted to see mash waters and and our uh, new one malibu yeah you, you saw that right 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 sean penn is opening up the malibu one this weekend excited about that uh yes <laughs> hard to tell if he's excited about it but i'm excited about it i think uh absolutely uh absolutely should be excited uh about that um and i think that uh i think that uh there have been expansion plans as well uh mash waters uh on cruise ships uh mash waters in airports um so uh you know let's hope universal it... studios mash waters <laughs> let's hope it replaces that burger king the one that liked <laughs> you but didn't like me <laughs> Those poor starving children that yeah. just a, a thing, to, a place to eat. Let, let me get back to talking to just for a second, though. Were you happy with the winner? Oh yeah, you know, I, you know, as as the bracket went on, what occurred to me was that um, what occurred to me was that they just have so many great songs, and there was not. And Talking Heads don't have like that one huge hit that everyone's sick of. That um, you know maybe isn't necessarily their best song, but the casual fan knows it. And sometimes those types of songs wind up winning the bracket and I don't feel that that was the case here and so I was very happy with like I was very happy with the Sweet 16 and you know there are a few like deep cuts you know I wanted to see like Cities and Cross-Eyed and Painless go further but I totally get it that they didn't. I think there was a good amount. I think there was a good amount of people voting that knew every song. Agreed. So that helped and Road to Nora was a little bit surprising that it went that far but I like that song so I I didn't mind it because I I think that's a really good song. I, I have no problems with Road to nowhere. Yeah. And Once in a Lifetime is a classic Talking Heads song. Again. So I thought it was a good choice. I think that you might even pick that that was going to win. Once in a Lifetime, I, th- I kind of had a feeling just because, well, I don't yeah. know what that feeling, but uh, but yeah, I mean, all those uh, all those songs that were in the, uh, and she was uh, See, I don't, I was glad Burning Down the House and and she was, didn't go real real far because those are the two most overplayed Talking Heads songs. I don't have as much of a problem problem with I don't even mind burning down the house even though you know it's I don't a, think either I don't think they're bad songs but I heard them a billion times correct especially burning down the house I feel correct. like I'm still t- I'm still tired of burning down the house. oh really and when I watched the talking heads I watched Doc stop making sense a couple weeks ago I enjoyed burning down the house the live version yeah it's a, it's a really good it's a really good version of it but and and she was whew, and there were a lot of people who were saying that's my favorite song that were voting for it <laughs> but it, it got ousted so. yeah I feel like if you were voting in that bracket, the people that were voting in that bracket are serious um, music fans in general. Some of them. There were people that kind of dropped in. Except for Brian. He voted for Psycho Killer twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, liked his, I liked his scientific method of determining uh, the uh, <laughs> winner of two songs. He goes, oh yeah, that one I've actually heard. Yeah. I'll, I'll vote for that. <laughs> the final always gets a lot of votes in almost every bracket. Yeah. Like everybody wants to determine the winner. Sure. So sometimes there's people that haven't voted in 
any other matchup, but they'll vote in the final one. They'll vote in the finals. Which is fine. I don't yeah. care. Vote whenever you want. Exactly. This is a democracy. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, <laughs> I hope to see the movie sometime this week. Um, now that uh, Mashwater, my Mashwater's commitments are out of the way. Um, yeah, we were hopping. Yeah. Uh, Big expansion for Mashwater's. Yes. Yes. New listeners, Mashwater's expansion. Right. Been a big day. It, Laura I mean, part, been a big week. Laura partying down now at Liquorbox, uh, celebrating her birthday. The celebrities are out, I'm uh, being told. Matthew McConaughey, uh, Henry Winkler, all headed down to... Uh, to they're, all, they're all at Liquorbox? All at Liquorbox to wish Laura. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Tweedy, of course. Of course. Uh, Ch- Channing Tatum. Dave Matthews. Um, Taylor Swift has stopped by briefly. Ooh. Yeah. A lot going on there. Man, that just elevated the party to yeah. most yeah. Great status. Mm-hmm. Tay-Tay shows up. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the uh, bracket? No. We can move on to baseball. Well, the uh, playoffs, uh, the MLB playoffs are in full swing, and there's a fantastic ending to the Phillies-Braves game just now. Yeah. The Braves took a, after being down four to one and being completely unable to do anything against Phillies starter Zach Wheeler. Uh, I thought the Phillies manager might have left Wheeler in one batter too long. Um, I think he was tired. And uh, Travis Darno hit a two-run homer to cut it to four to three. They brought in Alvarado, who got out of the inning. He, or yeah, a couple outs. He got the first out of the eight. Acuna uh, gets hit by a pitch uh, and then um, moves to second on a uh, on a fielder's choice, steals third, and then Riley hits a two-run homer to give the Braves a 5-4 lead. Places going nuts. Phillies come up in the ninth. Harper singles. There's two with two outs. Harper singles. Rail Muto hits one, two. I thought it was out. And the Braves center fielder Harris made an unbelievable catch. Really? They got to see the highlights. And then unbelievable catch. Harper, I think, was chugging into third. And uh, Harper was like sprinting all the way back to first. And they got him by like an inch. Game over. Uh, Wow. What a game. Yeah. Really great game. They needed one of those. They needed. Yeah. There's been some blowouts. Yeah. It's been a little drama free, hasn't it? They needed a classic. Yeah. Guess what? And guess what? Diamondback scored three runs in the first. Diamondback. They've become the team of destiny. Yeah. They had 84 wins. But man, the Dodgers, they're they're like, I mean, the Dodgers need a comeback like the Braves did because you don't want to go back to Arizona with down two. Right. I'm expecting another classic. I I don't think that, I think the Dodgers are uh, not going to go quietly. Um, I mean, the Diamondbacks are certainly believing. I watched both of the Diamondbacks Brewers game and, uh, you know, I just think, uh, (laughs) I'm just wondering how they're doing it. Um, It's it's that streakiness that the Diamondbacks have. Yeah. Where they just look, uh, they just look terrific. And then they can look terrible, but they're they're rolling right now. Really are. They've been uh, back and forth all year like that, and they're just pounding the ball, and they're getting enough pitching. So. That's right. Uh, compare that to the Marlins, who came and went in the playoffs, which is nice. They uh, they didn't so much as make any kind of noise. I read some stuff complaining about the wildcat card format that it should go back to one game. I don't like one game. I hate one game. You play a whole season. Let them have best of threes. Not that long, anyways. At least you get no matter what you fight to get this playoff spot you've played 162 games at least let them play two games agreed i couldn't agree i think that i think that's fine i I don't like the one and done i don't either and you know they're saying like oh there's too many games there's too many games and while that may be true then reduce the number of playoff um you know sometimes i feel like uh 
the the team that you know slogs through the regular season and wins 100 plus games then you know you're you're in a like a tough series and uh it's there's something a little i don't know not a little unfair about it but rarely not rarely but most of the time the team uh with the best record in baseball doesn't even make it to the world series yeah yeah a lot of times and so i i think there's something it's just it's just a matter it's who gets hot? Exactly. It's as simple as that. I mean, you always want to break it down and people talk about choking and all these other things. And honestly, I think sometimes it's just, it's just baseball. It's just guys playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that sure there's probably more nerves than normal because it's a bigger setting, but you think about these are all decent teams. Right. It's not like the last place team is beating the first place. Team. Right. They all earned their way in. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that there's something fun about watching a baseball team team that's got it rolling and yeah. there's you it, there's something fun about watching them starting to believe over the course of the over the course of the playoffs and if they run yeah. into a truly great team um you know that's played great all season long then then some that's when you i feel like you get that's when i feel like you get the classics the classic game yeah and yeah. i am since the marlins are out now i like the astros to be out too but for the most part now i'm kind of emotionally removed mm-hmm. so now i can just sit back and watch the games and enjoy them just as a baseball fan without wringing my hand hands or pulling my hair out and things uh, like that which is nice i was try- i was hoping for because i uh, saturday night i we were just at home so i'm like all right i'm gonna watch the diamondbacks and the dodgers and that team was over in like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so i'm hoping to watch some better games i'm glad the astros lost yesterday i'm hope- hopefully the twins can get that That's series a, that was a pretty good game too and actually game one of the twins astros wasn't bad either even though the astros got out to that big lead i mean the twins made things interesting yeah uh, and there's a couple guys for the twins that I like. I like uh I like the um uh pitcher for the twins last night, Lopez. I thought he was really So you don't have any animosity toward the twins, even though they're in the Guardians division? You know, I no, I really there, there's no jagoffs on the twins. Yeah. I there's no one that I'm like, you're a you're a dick face. Yeah. Um like the Astros or the Yankees. No. So who are you rooting for in I the AL? You don't really have anybody? Well, okay, so let's go through this. There's the Astros, the twins the Rangers and the Orioles. So uh, I think Orioles fans are kind of jaggy. Um, really? But I like that team. They haven't been in the World Series in 40 years. I know, but last year they were they were chirping because for a little bit because there was a time where the Guardians, before the Guardians started getting really hot, uh, the Guardians were in first place but didn't have as good a record as the Orioles who probably weren't going to make the playoffs. And so mm-hmm. a lot of, you, you saw some Baltimore fans saying, but, you know, the Guardians stink and we're yeah. awesome. So, mm-hmm. hence my shut up. Uh, right. So, but I have no problem with the team. I like the Orioles. I like the way they play. I like Henderson. I like Rutschman. Um, They're getting crushed, though. <laughs> you gotta it's the, snap it's, out of it. It's the Bruce Bochy uh, effect. That guy is like magic when yeah. he to uh, the playoffs. Those are teams when he was managing the Giants. Yeah. Big Lincecum fan. Yeah. He has three. And, yeah, three. That's, I mean, that's a lot, especially nowadays. Won three World Series. And yeah, the Rangers would be, it'd be nice. They've never won. So for me, it's the Rangers or the Orioles and the A. Mm-hmm. NL, I don't care too much. Yeah. Because, I mean, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Braves, Philly, they've all won series, World Series fairly recently. Well, yeah. maybe not. I guess Diamondbacks isn't that recent. It was 22 years ago. 
But right. I don't I don't have anything against any of those teams. No. But I, I the Rangers are a team I'm rooting for. Unless the Orioles come back and win, then I'll root for the Orioles. I've always liked the Orioles. And yep. I seem to lean I seem to lean towards the Braves all the time too. I think because I love Maddox and Glavin back in the nineties. So I'm just kind of used to rooting for the Braves. Mm-hmm. So okay. I guess I guess I'm rooting for Braves. Braves against the Rangers or the Orioles in the World Series with the Rangers or the Orioles winning it. What about the Phillies? Would you have a problem with the Phillies made it? No, but I don't. I mean, I, I'm i always going to like Schwarber. Mm-hmm. So at least I have one guy. I I don't hate Harper either. Some people don't like Harper. I don't mind Harper. I don't mind Harper. I used Harper's to hate just a He's just a competitor. I used to I hate him. And he loves baseball. He seems to love baseball. I like that. I, like I that. think he's grown up a little. <laughs> I definitely just see him and think that's a clown question, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when he got into the huge fight in the dugout with Jonathan Papelbon? But I, I, I've never really disliked him. He loves playing. He he said something the other day about, I just, it was no, not even the other day. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was when the season was ending and the Phillies didn't have to win or anything. They were already locked in into a wild card spot. And he got into it with an ump during a game that really didn't matter. And he's like, you know what? I'm a competitor. I want I want to win and I felt like the ump wasn't doing a good job gonna, he's gonna let like, him that's how you should you should be I liked it just now Harper uh, on this fly ball from Real Muto I thought it was gone or at least off the wall and I think Harper was racing I think he thought it was a, a base hit for sure so he was trying to score and then he saw it got I mean it was an unbelievable catch and Harper trying to run back to first was the best I mean he is <laughs> Running as fast as he can, the wrong, the other way. It was. Awesome. Yeah, I gotta watch Sports Center. Going all out. Going all out. What a game! I'd have no problem with any of uh, the National League teams. I really wouldn't. Even the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't get sick of the Dodgers, even though they're always in the playoffs. It seems I don't get sick of the Braves. Same thing. Um, I don't. Really, the Phillies have been. You know, I I I always kind of like the Phillies. They seem gritty and you know, kind of like tough baseball. The way, the way they play the game is tough. And for, and Philadelphia fans. They show up. Yeah, they're they tough. go crazy. They're like insane the whole game. That's fun to watch too. It is. I wouldn't and mind. a team like the Dodgers, their stars are Mookie Betts and Freeman, who just start seem like good guys. You know, but, nothing yeah. again. And Mookie Betts, another guy, they just they just seem like they love baseball. Agreed. Agreed. Mookie Betts playing second base. Yeah. Who does that? You're a superstar, right? You mean to play second base? I'll play second base. Yeah. Because you know what? That's, that's a winner. That's that's a guy that anybody's going to want to play with. You're a baseball player who's willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and somehow Hayward is starting on the on the Dodgers. The most I thought Hayward was out of the league. I thought Hayward was going to be done. The most confounding development probably in the last yeah. 15 years of baseball. Like I just I have no words for it. They've, they've amazing, figured out amazing. something. Yeah, when the Cubs released him, I thought that was his career. I thought he was done. Incredible. He's, he's still out there doing it. Yeah, it's incredible. And he had, a, he had a decent year. He had 15 homers and I don't think he played regularly, but still 269 average. That's better than I don't remember last time his average was that high. I'm gonna say I don't did Hayward especially ever. nowadays 269 is like hitting 290 before. Kidding. Was his uh what was his on base percentage? I'm trying to look it up. I feel like that's the new batting average. Yeah. Because if you're walking and if you're getting on base, that's kind of the that's kind of the key, isn't it? Well that's why like a guy like Schwarber, people don't complain about his on base percentage this year was 340. That's pretty that was, good. Which is good. His OPS was 813. Very good. How did that happen? The year before he <laughs> <laughs> the, the year before for the Cubs, he had 204. Right. And the Dodgers were like, we want him on our team. They, 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 that's because they cheat. And. <laughs> and- 
special cheating uh, potions that uh, that uh, allow hitters to completely resurrect their. Uh, and he's thirty. Well, he's thirty-four. I guess. I mean, that's old. That's not super old. But what a comeback for Hayward and another good guy. Hayward's a good guy. Total under. I, I always total I, underachiever I, for the Cub, but I don't have any animosity towards him. No, oh God, because no. he he was on the greatest sporting event of my lifetime. Oh, it's hard to hard to God. dislike him. <laughs> Stupid rain delay. <laughs> Dumb rain delay. Who likes rain anyway? I hate rain. Rain has no place in baseball, Len. None. All right. Let's move along since Steve is getting angry. I'm over it, Len. I'm totally over it. Doesn't sound like it. Uh, the baggage has been stored away. Let's move on. Before I start. <laughs> Freaking things. Uh, All right, NFL. Oh, the Bears. The powerful Chicago Bears. The offensive juggernaut featuring the finest receiver in the history of the Chicago Bears, DJ Moore. Uh, this was the dream game. This was the dream before the season started that we're going to have something like this happen. Right. And the, <laughs> the funny thing is, it was only the second best game ever by a Bears receiver. Did you know that? No. Do you know who had the best game? Best. Uh, okay. Uh, Musin Muhammad. Uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. Musin Muhammad was not good on our team. <laughs> Musin Muhammad acted like he was good. I'm like, you were not good. He was, was good gonna... on Carolina, but he was not good on the Bears. I was going to make a lot of guesses. I was going to go David Terrell. Uh, he would always talk, Muhammad always talk like, oh, I'm one of the leaders. And I'm like, you don't even do anything. <laughs> yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. I forgot he had some big games. Alshon Jeffrey had some, he came out of nowhere. And then the Bears mysteriously got rid of him. I never understood that trade. Well, it's the Bears. <laughs> I have, I have. Many, many, I have many things to say about the Bears. So the Sun Times, all the sports writers are so negative about the Bears. They really even are. though they just won. Like I, re- I was reading the paper today. Don't expect Fields to be good another game. Like, <laughs> what is wrong? What is wrong? Is Brian Sadorf writing for the Sun Times now? Yeah, Mister Negativity is uh, is tough. It's like we just won a game by twenty points. Yeah. And before the game, this was this is what everybody said before the game. The Redskins defense. They have these linemen. The Bears. Are have problems with them. Their defense is average. It's not bad like the Broncos were in trouble this game. And then we scored 40 points on them. Yeah. But yeah. now they're like, oh, the Redskins are the second worst defense in the league. Yes, after the game. Not before the game when everybody was saying how tough their defense was going to be on us. This <laughs> is like, everyone's insane now. I'm like, okay, just give them, give the Bears a little bit of credit. I know they're one and four and they could, they could be bad the rest of the year, maybe. But two good games in a row by Fields. Yep. He's. I think he has the most. Does he have the most TD passes in the league? Field? I think he does. Yeah. I don't know. I think he does. The That's things good. that the one thing that might mess up the Bears is I'm getting Alex on this. Herbert question. Herbert might be out, and he played great until he got hurt that game. They were kind of weird about his injury, and but they do have that guy from I think he was on Carolina last year who was pretty good, and and they had him inactive so they can put him in because one of their other running backs got a concussion. But I'm hoping Herbert. I don't. I don't have any specific details about his injury, but I'm pretty sure he's not playing this week. Right. But that would hurt if we lost him for the year or anything like that. He looked great. Yeah, he's... I thought the offensive line in that game was fantastic. Yeah, and let's see, it's week... This is week six. Right. So the week after next, their left tackle will come back. Their starting left tackle will come back. Mm. And we'll have our entire offensive line that we were supposed to have at the beginning of the year. And Jenkins played last week against Commanders. Last year, Jenkins was our 
most highly rated offensive lineman. Uh, and they even showed a couple replays where he was just nailing guys who, and opening oh, up holes. Who do the Bears play this week? Uh, the the Vikings. They can win that game. Who I scouted yesterday. I did too. Watching the Chiefs game. Yeah. Well, Jefferson might not play, which would be huge. That would be that would be good. Because that's what didn't happen in the Commanders game. Because a lot of times the Bears just their team has a superstar and they just can't stop them. Right. Like the Packers game, we couldn't stop Jones. Yeah. Chiefs game, Mahomes destroyed us. Mahomes does you know, Mahomes things. I mean, so if he's out, I like our chances. Yeah. And honestly, our secondary has been really good. Is it I, crazy to say maybe Eddie Jackson was part of the problem? All I know is because Eddie Jackson, about- there are so many plays in the past years where I'm like, what is Eddie Jackson doing? <laughs> And since Eddie Jackson's been out, oh, I, I thought know. the defense looked great against Washington. That was the most surprising thing. Not that Washington is some sort of offensive, you know, juggernaut, but they look real good. Well, I here's think. the thing. Here's another thing, B, with, with all the yelling about how bad the Bears are. Yeah. Howell almost led the commanders to a win against the Eagles who haven't lost yet. Nobody says that. Right. So this guy who's, you know, he drove the commanders down, got him into overtime with a great pass to tie it. Nobody mentions that. Right. So I was like, Bears. It's like, <laughs> like just don't expect the Bears to win again. The crabbiness is insane. Like every sports writer, I'm like, so you think there's no hope, even though they just won a game? It's just weird. Yeah, the negativity is it, it's kind of pervasive. I feel like uh, when your quarterback plays great two weeks in a row. Okay, you could say maybe not great the game before because he had the fumble and the interception, but he played great for three quarters. Then he plays really well against the Commanders. DJ Moore, credible game. Herbert plays well. Offensive line does well. Mm-hmm. Secondary plays well. There's how how is that turning to well? <laughs> this we're going to lose fun. the rest of their games. This was fun, but and they're playing the Vikings. The Vikings have the same record as us. The, if the Bears is it in is it at Soldier Field? Yeah, yeah. So Bears at home. You think they've got an excellent? They, you know they going in a, a road win. I don't care who it's against. A convincing road win gives the team a lot of <laughs> excuse me confidence. And, and it was almost good that they played again right away. You have a horrible loss. Right. And then you don't get to really think about it because you got to get ready for the next game because it's in three days. <laughs> that actually might help them. Right. All right. You got that horrible game out of your system. Now, maybe let's let's try to start turning the season around. I have Alex looking up who has the most touchdown passes so far uh, in the oh, NFL. So maybe I should look it up. Uh, he he came back and said the answer is Texas. Um, so I just went ahead and looked it up myself. Justin Fields is second in the league. Oh, second. Uh, guess who's guess who is the leader? Kirk Cousins. You. Are you know football, or did you just look that up? Did no, that, I think I heard I heard something about that Cousins has a lot of TDs this year. Did Ron Ron uh, slip you the answers? No, no, no. I think I read that the other day about Cousins. Cousins. But Cousins has always been a guy who kind of piles up stats. And but the the Vikings this year they didn't play that bad against the Chiefs. But I mean, I watched. I think I watched every Chiefs game this year. The Chiefs don't have the weapons they used to have, and I've said that probably every week. So it's Mahomes just scrambling around trying to find somebody open he finds a way he's got it's like now it's like the brady kind of effect where like brady was so good at, like it, it didn't matter his his receivers were uh brian sadorf and anthony turnus and uh, <laughs> the 
classic Sador Turnus combo. Oh, I mean, that was like thousand yards between them. Well, that's that's a good. But Mahomes is like the same way. Yeah, that's a good comparison. You're right because he creates so much time and he hits incredible. Because you watch Mahomes run, does he look like he's fast? Not really. Every time I was watching the game with Jesse, who has become quite an NFL fan, it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> and Jesse said every time Mahomes would, you know, there's a timeout or whatever, and Mahomes would run to the sidelines or he'd run out. Um, Jesse's like he runs like he's got like a bum hip or something like he just kind of he doesn't run that fast when he's running on and off the field it doesn't he, it doesn't look like that like fields runs onto the field and you're like that's a great athlete or uh well Mahomes is his ankle's been bad for a long time I think but Mahomes is an outstanding athlete and he, and, uh, and he just has such awareness that's yeah that's the quarterback genius thing there's something about the good quarterbacks know where to go right they know where to throw the ball they know where the pressure's coming from they know when they should run they can they know where everybody on the field is and that's that's the type of stuff Mahomes is doing because it's not like I watched you watch the Chiefs this year and you're like this is an amazing team they're they don't look like a powerhouse this year but they keep winning right and it's mainly because of Mahomes and the fact that their defense is better this year but the the Vikings to be honest the the Vikings might have been the team that found the most holes in the Chiefs defense mm-hmm. I mean they only scored 20 points but they could have scored more I don't th- I don't know if the Vikings have the weapons well the, if again if Jefferson's out that's gigantic but they have this guy Addison who's a rookie he looked really good Alexander Madison or something uh no that's the running back Addison's there he's a rookie receiver okay he had a good game against the Chiefs Alex did my scouting report though uh he just has Addison yeah. Addison Addison to go through that uh I have to correct out uh, Alex's grandma um anyway there's that in a post-it next to Texas <laughs> next to Texas Alex was like no problem I got this comes back Texas I was like good work <laughs> oh man uh yeah the uh the only thing I have to say about the Browns is that Watson Deshaun Watson was telling everyone before the Ravens game oh yeah I'll probably be able to play you know I, I got this shoulder stinger but you know it's fine uh something happened because then all of a sudden he was like now nah, he was he was out in the field and like just warming up and then was like yeah I can't play yeah so the Browns got stomped and so they said there's nothing wrong with the shoulder it's like a bruise and then they had the bye week now they now they have the 49ers today uh practice comes out no Watson and they're asking the Browns got to play the 49ers uh, they're going to lose probably 65 to 10 especially wow. if uh Watson's not playing uh, yeah the 49ers look great this year oh did you watch the 49ers Dallas game at all no I was showing everyone how to play basketball oh well we'll we're gonna we're gonna talk about Len's uh hoops prowess in the next uh and M- upcoming NBA preview <laughs> We'll use Len as the measuring stick to compare to uh, measure the talent of this year's Bulls. Mm-hmm. Where we'll we'll just go through every player and just say better than Len. And uh, so look for that. That's coming up. Um, anyway, uh, San Francisco looked to be just clicking on all cylinders. Um, yeah, they're loaded. Remember when we talked about the NFL a couple of weeks ago? I, we felt like the 49ers were getting overlooked a little, overlooked a little bit. But they have tons of great players. They really do. I didn't understand that. Purdy seems to be the perfect. You know, they, they're calling him a system quarterback and you know put him on the Panthers and he wouldn't do anything um but he's perfect for this offense because he seems to have a great uh eye for open receivers everyone he throws to is not he's not trying to force anything in in there he's all those receivers he throws to uh, like have a step or two and Purdy's finding them um and they said he has still yet to lose a regular season game amazing unbelievable it's a it's yeah. a pretty incredible story uh I also saw that he still rents a home in the Bay Area and has a roommate Really? <laughs> That's the best part. 
Hey, rent's expensive out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let me ask you. So your division is crazy right now. It's nuts. So the Ravens, who we thought were pretty good, right? They lose to Pittsburgh, who got blown out by the Texans the week before. The the division is there to win. And then the Bengals get off to a bad start. But then yesterday, Burrow looked like Burrow. Yeah, he looked great. You see that bomb he threw? That was like 60-something yards. That was an amazing pass. You know, Burrow, you know, maybe it was just the calf. He just couldn't get the calf right. And uh, it just needed to get into like a little bit of game shape. And yeah, because I was like, okay, that's that's the guy he's been the past couple of years after I saw that pass. Thought he looked awfully good. So you re- can never count out the Bengals and the Browns. But, but the NFL is crazy, though, not just your division. Okay, the Eagles are undefeated, but the Eagles are just getting by a lot of these games. Yeah, they're winning. The way they win is like they grind a team to death, kind of just wear you down, and they do just enough to win. That's what it seems like. But that's not sustainable, though. In the playoffs, you're not going to be able to do that. So I don't know how good they are yet. I feel like the 49ers are the better team. Right now, yeah. Right now, I'd say 49ers. Uh, Chiefs are almost the same as the Eagles. They're winning, but I don't watch them and think, oh, Super Bowl. To be fair, I haven't seen any Eagles games, so I don't really know. I can't. Yeah. I saw the end of the Commanders game. Can't comment on the Eagles. Where Howell just marched them right down. Mm -hmm. That's when I was like, okay, this this guy's not a bad quarterback. Mm -hmm. But the Bears played better against him than the Eagles did. Howell had his moments. There were times where he looked flummoxed. Uh, favorite we had a pass rush. Yeah. We finally then, had a pass rush. But then there were times where I thought Howell looked pretty good. Yeah, I think he's a decent quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but, let's talk about some of the crappy teams because that's more fun. The Patriots. Delicious. Oh, my gosh. Delicious. Yeah. They are in trouble. <laughs> And I hope they continue to lose my five touchdowns every week. This is wonderful. Yeah, Belichick doesn't have his magic because I've never seen a Patriots team have this happen to them. Certainly not a Belichick coach. I mean, the Saints are a decent team, but 34 to nothing. Ouch. And they don't have a quarterback. In New- yeah. in Foxborough. Do you know who's their backup? Uh, Bailey Zappi. Oh, yeah. He played a little bit last year, right? Right. Yeah, I could see him starting this week. Um, let's talk uh, Carolina. When? Will we see Red Rifle? <laughs> Never. Never? <laughs> No, I mean, because they want to see how young's going to be. Right. Uh, but they're such a bad team. I feel bad for him. Awful. Because he's going to get the same stuff Fields gets because they don't have enough talent around them. And it's hard to perform like that. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're probably not going to know anything about Young for a couple of years. No. Until the Panthers get some players around him. Agreed. He he did have, I think, Thielen, who's, he's a pretty good receiver, but he's older. He's kind of on the latter stages of his career. He, he got over 100 yards catching. Thielen, but I don't know how much of that was in junk time because the Lions are pretty much in control of that game the whole time. I feel like Thielen is uh, putting up a lot of stats, but they're like empty stats because the Panthers are never in bogs. Yeah. But I think our NFC championship dream of uh, Baker Mayfield versus Andy Dalton <laughs> is in jeopardy right now. It's still time to turn it around. Well, Tampa Bay's 3-1, and one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they might have had a bye this week. I don't think they've yeah, played. They had the bye, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, two two more teams. Uh, the hated Packers. Um, they're playing right now. I'm not I'm not exactly watching. Are the Packers for real? They're 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. And they're lo- right now, they're losing to the Raiders, who are not a good team. Yeah. And Jordan Love has not played well. He, he had a good game against the Bears, and that's about it. Do you feel the Packers will make the playoffs? It's too early because... 
because like I was just talking about, there's just this craziness. Yeah. Yep. One week a team gets blown out. Next week, the Steelers, like perfect example. Yeah. It, well, I think we'll know more in, let's say, halfway through, like after eight games. Yeah. Right now, I don't think the Packers are good. It's tough to figure them. And Jones isn't playing again. Right. So Jones is having problems with his with injuries, and they might not make it. I mean, of course, I don't want them to make it. No, no one does. And But yeah, Jordan Love hasn't played well. Right. He had a pretty good game against the Bears, <laughs> and maybe part of that was just that coach just knows how to beat the Bears. Yeah. But since then, they, they haven't been really good. But there's enough parity where they could squeeze in, I guess. Good. Um, yeah, they're, they're, you're right. It's too early to tell. Right now, it's just fun to overreact and mm-hmm. uh, make fun of the teams that are off to terrible starts. Um, uh, last question on the NFL and then that I have. Is there a team in particular that you find yourself rooting for when they're not playing, you know, when they're not playing, if they're not playing the Bears? That you're like, oh, that's a good story. I hope they do well. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start because I, I find myself rooting for this guy, Zach Wilson and the Jets mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, he came, he was such a dildo last year and then they get Aaron Rodgers humiliating Rodgers lasts exactly like two or three plays yeah throw Wilson back in and he's just getting flawed and just they're piling on him and uh and it looked pretty hopeless but I he's shown they, he's shown some moxie I mean he hasn't shrunk from it he's still working uh hard I thought he played real hard against the Chiefs and in fact looked you know there was a lot to hang your yeah they had some decent plays against the Chiefs and then but uh, Zach Wilson I watched the hard knocks where the Jets were on and Jack Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson did not come up well. No, he's, he came he's, off pretty cocky considering he's never done anything. Still a dillweed? Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I find myself rooting for them. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. What about you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have teams I root for already because I have the Chiefs, of course. Right. And I want your Browns to win. Well, <laughs> Man, I don't know if I have anybody else really. Yeah, no, no one's really st- stood out. I mean, the Lions. I mean, if the Bears don't turn their season around, I would definitely root for the Lions. They're an easy team to root for. Yeah, they've never won. I'm, I mean, I'm always going to go for the teams that never have never won. The Lions look pretty good. The Lions so this, also this might this might be the year for them. They also don't seem like jagoffs. No, so yeah, could be could be a fun year for them. Could be. Yeah, they look. They definitely look. For and real. you know what was unusual yesterday for them was Montgomery, who I liked. The Bears. He's a hard runner. He actually had a long run. He never had any long runs for the Bears. He had a 42-yard run for them. Why did the Bears get rid of Montgomery? Because that's what I said. He he's a good runner, but he was not a breakaway guy. Right. And nobody pays for running backs anymore because you can find a you can find a guy like him. Sure. He seems like a guy who needs like 25 to 30 carries. He seems like one of those old school running backs that like gets stronger as the game goes on. Yeah. I mean, I liked him. It's not like I didn't like him, but if you're gonna, did they want to pay a lot for him? No. Sure. Because he wasn't a game breaker. He he wasn't somebody who deserved game breaker money, despite the fact that he did pre he did play pretty well. Did the Lions give him game breaker money? Um, they probably paid him more than we were going to. I don't think he made a ton, but probably more than the Bears wanted to spend. Really and nice. plus Herbert was good last year, so they're like, Well, he can go. We have Herbert. And they're right, because Herbert's been good. Herbert has That's why running backs running backs are having a hard time now because although Taylor got signed, the Colts signed Taylor for a lot of money. Yep. But they're not getting nearly the money they used to get it's a it's it's weird because running backs in the past you know they got like they seem to be more durable i don't know well they don't they don't get the ball a million times anymore Mm -hmm. and well that's the thing with the bears like when they lost to denver or even the commanders game the commanders game they had one series where they had the ball 90 seconds yeah yeah. although of course the third and two play they threw it to more and the guy in the commanders interfered with more and they didn't call it right but in the old days i think the the referee uh expert that they went to for the broadcast
broadcast booth was like, um, I don't know what the referee on the field was thinking. <laughs> I know, it was total interference. So that could have, that would have been, if the Bears would have lost that game, that would have been the play. Yeah. But the Bears had stuff like they missed a field goal. Yep. They took a flag away from them. Mm-hmm. And then DJ yeah. Moore with the killer third touchdown. I mean, that drove the. Which got tipped. Almost. The guy got a finger on it. But right. we still, yeah, all the, the luck was their way also. Right. Anything more on the NFL? No, I think that's it. Let's talk about that WNBA finals. Yep. So our friend, Courtney Vandersloot, her and Ionescu have to play way better in game two yeah. because they got spanked and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Wilson. It was the guards. Yeah. The aces guards were the ones that ate them up. Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to have to play a lot better. Uh, I'm going to watch the game for sure on Wednesday. I didn't see the game yesterday, but I read about it. I'll be watching Wednesday. Hopefully the Liberty can come back and tie it up because the first half they were winning and then they just got blown out in the second half. Yeah, the Aces really turned it up. Yeah. They, uh, I was, uh, I only saw the highlights and Maureen Johannes for the Liberty yeah. was making some of the most unbelievable threes yeah. I've ever seen in my life. She even stole a move from me where she shot, she was moving and she was just on one foot, she was on her left foot and kind of throws it up and it goes, woo. Swish, I go, ah, just like I used to mean. Uh, she's been watching some old B footage. Yes. She's a streaky shooter. She could But that's what's disappointing that. about the Liberty's performance. They have so many good players and to get blown out like that, that was that was tough. I think that they will uh respond. They're too good of a team. Too, yeah. Especially when you get embarrassed like that. The great ones are like, okay, we're locked in. They're they're not gonna do that again. Yeah. But I mean unless the aces are that much better, which I Chelsea Gray played great in the playoffs last. She played really well game one. Jackie Young is a great player. Kelsey, the thing about Kelsey Plum is she's underrated almost because on that team because she didn't even shoot the three that well yesterday, but she's so quick right. she can get to the basket and that's what she was doing. She knew her threes weren't falling, so she was just getting past them. And Ionescu's not a good defender, so she's going to really have to get her offense going. And then, uh, you know, Vandersloot, Brianna Stewart said something like they were standing around too much. I don't know. I didn't see the game, but I didn't see it either. I don't think Vandersloot probably liked hearing that. So. She'll respond. I mean, this is, I mean, this is like uh, her time of year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they played them well in the regular season. So there's no, I don't way. think, I think their coach said the Liberty hasn't lost two games in a row all year. So. There's no way uh, Vandersloot is going to have a bad fight. It's, it's yeah. just, there's just no way. Yeah. And I'll be watching Wednesday. There's I, a lot of space again. So I feel like this playoff series before this, they weren't spaced out too much, but this series, they play Wednesday and then they don't play again until Sunday. Yeah. So it's spaced out a lot. I've also sent faxes to Sloot saying, Len will be watching. <laughs> and Sloot faxed back saying, shit. <laughs> Into the gym. Notorious, filthy mouth, Courtney Vandersloot. Yeah, just that was one word. And uh, she did, to be fair, she put the asterisk instead of the I. So it was S-H asterisk T. He is me. Oh, okay. Classy fax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But the meaning is clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got to bear down. Yeah. Um, should be a good one. All right. So you want to move on to I recommend? Yes, I recommend. This is, I think we, uh, uh, this is the portion of the show where Len and I recommend uh, anything. We, uh, a book, 
a album, a movie, a TV series, a restaurant, um, you know, a kind of uh, uh, placeholder, napkin, uh, floral arrangement, anything that uh, we feel you, the listener, would benefit from. So uh, I have two. One is a little longer than the second, but I have two I recommend. Um, the first is, uh, and it's really, it's really an artist that I've I have been listening to for a while, and uh, and I just don't. Have you ever like listened to artists and you're like, how did this guy not make it huge? Mm-hmm. Like, say, you know, music, and this I this will like tell you where I'm going. Um, because I've been listening to the music of John Prine now mm-hmm. for uh for about a year, and he's one of these guys that I am like, how how was this guy not big? Because he 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 definitely was a guy that just like flew under the radar. Um, you know, he was always respected, especially by music critics. And I think um, his peers, he was very well respected by his peers. Um, but I think that just in terms of record sales, it just, it never happened for him. Um, and I've been listening to, I have like about six or seven albums that I've heard of John Prine and every one is great. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just solid kind of like music in the vein of say Mellencamp or Dylan. Sometimes he sounds like his voice kind of sounds like Dylan sometimes. Um, he's not doing anything really fancy. He's just kind of writing pop kind of, uh, you know, Americana kind of country songs. And uh, and they're just, all of them are really good. Uh, the ones that I have listened to that I think are great are Common Sense, really good. Uh, German Afternoons, uh, uh, The Missing Years. That album uh, features uh, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, Bonnie Raitt. I mean, some huge names. Uh, Bruised Orange, Sweet Revenge. His last album, uh, The Tree of Forgiveness. Uh, all the, And did I say German Afternoons? That was in the 80s. Uh, they're just all great, solid. I feel like, and he put out a lot of records. He died I think like four or five years ago. And uh, I feel like each one is going to be nothing spectacular, nothing that, you know, where you're like, oh, he's trying to be ambitious or he's trying to do anything outside of his comfort zone. No, he's just trying to write three and a half minute kind of slightly country, slightly Dylan, uh, salt of the earth, but a pop song with a good hit good hook strong melody and uh sometimes funny lyrics mm-hmm. uh yeah i recommend if you're if you've heard of john prine and you're like did i give him a listen yes you should i totally recommend john prine okay so and then my second one and don't ask me what i was how this got pushed to me but you know uh youtube pushed to me the show i did not realize that howard cosell had a talk show in the 80s very <laughs> similar to bob costas mm-hmm. uh and later yeah remember that yeah uh so Howard also had a show and it was called Speaking of Everything. And if you Google Howard Cosell interviews David Letterman on Speaking of Everything, it's <laughs> it's great. And the reason why I recommend it is because Letterman is legitimately nervous and he's not really trying to joke around or be kind of smart, smarty pants with Howard. Mm-hmm. Howard Cosell is very well prepared. And he's like, he's he's like, tell me about when Crispin Glover came on to your show. Tell me about that. And yeah. Uh, and he's talking about all the uh, wild guests that Letterman has had and kind of getting let and Letterman is 
legit going through them and and he's you know he's you could just tell that he's like really nervous and and talks a mile a minute is letterman as i've never seen him i think mm-hmm. he was intimidated by howard and it's howard cosell he's like letterman you know uh let's talk about share and uh you know and uh um but howard cosell he was huge in the 70s i mean we grew up watching him as kids yeah on monday night football and letterman didn't get famous until you know early 80s right right so it makes sense that maybe he feels nervous around him yeah it was it's it's just it's an interesting kind of i can't remember if howard was ever a guest on letterman i don't remember him being a letterman and you also letterman's big on broadcasters letterman always seemed to call himself a broadcaster yeah and that's exactly what howard cosell was right uh, it was just it's called speaking of everything and i think if you just google howard cosell speaking of everything david letterman it'll pop right up mm-hmm. and uh the thing that got to me was like cosell was not not trying to be a jerk he was not mm-hmm. trying to be he was not trying to embarrass letterman he was asking i don't want to say tough questions but like provocative but yeah. letting letterman have the spotlight what's it called again speaking of everything okay and uh and i'm sure there's like 87 different episodes of howard uh speaking of everything and um makes me want to watch them uh because mm-hmm. he probably has pretty good guests because like you say howard cosell was you know in his heyday was about as big as it gets yeah but i'd never heard of that talk show that must have came and went yeah i mean because monday night football is such an event you hear the theme song you get excited didn't matter who was playing you just wanted to watch because he made it yeah. sound like such a big game. Yeah. Uh, my, my dad aided Howard Cosell. <laughs> I can still hear him. Howard's like, the juice, the power, the drive. And uh, my dad's like, shut up, Howard. <laughs> Really funny. Those are my. All right, my. I have three. Um, they all have a couple things in common. They're albums, and they've only listened to them once or twice. Okay, but I enjoyed all of them. Okay, so I don't have a ton to say about them because I've only listened to them once or twice. But I, like I said, I liked them a lot. So I thought they were I recommend worthy. Okay. First one is a live album from this year. It's called Nebworth Twenty Two, and it's Liam Gallagher. Excellent. So you have to me the highlights were Hello, More Power, which is a solo song of his that I really like. One. Underwall, of course. And it's one of those live albums where you you feel like the energy is captured correctly, which I think is always the hard part of a live album. So I will be listening to that more. The second one is our good friend, Jessie Ware. I think you liked her album, right? From I did. Like, was that two or three years ago? Yeah, I liked it. This is her new one, That Feels Good, which Beave and I will be playing at Liquor Box and getting out on the dance floor too. And it's right away, I'm like, this is really good too. Yeah. Like, I am a, I'm a Jessie Ware fan. And, you know, it reminds you a Madonna a little bit. Okay, yep. yep. And she has uh, one or two slow ones on there. And I'm like, okay, I need to listen to this again. That's what, I, that's what I thought when I was done. I'm like, I need to listen to it again. So that has a good shot of making my top 10 for the year. <laughs> and then the last one, this one really surprised me. So I've been going through Deep Purple's discography. I'm right. right. And yeah. you understand jams. I So this one is called Perpendicular, an album I've heard nothing about. So I'm just going to put it on. And the first song, <laughs> and it's called Vavoom, Ted the Mechanic. How is that a name for a song? That is a great name for a song. It's a Deep Purple Can Do No Wrong. And it's a jam. I was like, this song rules. Deep and Purple. another song on there I really like is called Castle Full of Rascals. <laughs> so nice job, Deep Purple. Well done. And what's, what's so I'm I, doing my extensive preparation that I do for this show. Yes. So I'm like, all right, what, what was going on with this album? Richie 
Blackmore gone. Yeah, they have so many incarnations. So it's his first first album without Blackmore. I mean, you still have Gillard Glover and Pace, but no Blackmore. They replaced him with somebody else. And this is really good. I was like, perpendicular. I got to talk to Ernie about it. Yeah, we need Ernie on to discuss Deep Purple. Yeah. Um, because we can talk about what pantheon would you put Deep Purple? First yeah. pantheon, second pantheon, third pantheon. Yeah, but, but there you have it. Those are good ones. I'll definitely have to check them out, especially perpendicular. Yeah. I'd hear Castle Full of Rascals. And it's always those late career ones that get overlooked, I think. Yeah. Where people are like, ah, I've had enough. And Richie Black. You listen to it and you're like, no, no, no. This should be listened to. And you're like, Richie Blackmore's gone. How good can it be? Mm-hmm. Vavoom, Ted the Mechanic disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check it out all right are we ready for rolling stones uh top 500 we are we're getting so close Steve. we are in the home stretch yes uh i've got five albums and uh there are five albums that i really like so no there'll be no uh mystery what the hell are these albums doing here um there's only one that i it would be like eh, is this top is this a top 100 album mm-hmm. and, and that's the first one and uh i'm sure that i i might get some angry faxes about that. Um, the album is called Aquamini mm-hmm. by Outcast, And I still want to say that I like Outcast. It's mm-hmm. not that I dislike them. And I really like this album. I like all of Outcast, But this to say this album is better than... I'm just using James Brown's Star Time now as my new barometer. Mm-hmm. Is this album better than James Brown's Star Time? No way. No way. Um, now, it's a miles better than Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Um, but I don't... 49th best album of all time. I, I disagree. I would put this like maybe like two or, or 300. Um, it's It belongs. Don't get me wrong. It belongs. I really like, I think Outkast has some of the more inventive uh, t- albums ever made. But let me ask you a question because I think that Rolling Stone seems to really like Outkast because I think this is their second top 100 album, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And so my question for you is, who do you like better, Outkast or Tribe Called Quest? Because I prefer Tribe Called Quest. And I think unless there's going to be some Tribe Called Quest albums coming up, uh, I feel like they're getting, I feel like they're getting kind of overlooked here. Well, a couple things. One, I think I like Tribe Called Quest better. You do? But I kind of dove into Tribe Called Quest, so I know them better. Okay. Outcast, I know Speaker Box Love Below because I bought that album when it came out. Yeah. But this is when I need Ron Ron because I wasn't familiar with this one and I had to have listened to it because when I did my countdown in the early 2000s. Yes, the Jagbags was uh, first starting out when it was called. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I remember that. I'm assuming I liked it because I don't remember not liking it. And I do like Outkast. But I don't I don't think I knew any of these songs. Yeah. This might be their third one. I think it is. Because I think they had the album with Mrs. Jackson on it. And that was all, Love that was top 500 too? Yeah, I think this might be their third one. Or top 100. What's the most well-known song on this one? Rosa Parks? Yeah, that's the one yeah. I know. But I need Ron Ron. I wonder what I said about it. I mean, I'm I'm assuming, because like I said, I'm assuming I liked it because if I didn't like it, I'd probably remember. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's uh, it's not that I dislike Outcast. Far from it. I mean, far from. It. Um, and I, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, uh, I, there are a lot of songs on or albums on here that I think uh, Outcast is so much better than, like Drake's "Take Care." No, uh, do, uh, Outcast is much much better. Um, but uh, yeah. 
yeah, I, I just think this is, I just think the placement is just a little high is all. No. So uh, anyway, uh, I'm just looking to see if uh, Outcast has, if Speakerbox made it into the top 100. And I don't think that it did. No, I don't think it made the top 100, but I think they do have three albums in the top 500. I think you're right. Yeah. I definitely think you're right. Um, well, the next album, number 48 is, I'm just looking here. I think number 48 is Leg- oh, Stankonia. Stankonia with Miss Jackson with Miss Jackson's number 64. Mm-hmm. And I think Stankonia is better than Aquamini. So right there. Um, there's no way that uh, Aquamini is better than Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rakim. No way. There's no way it's better than Stevie Wonder's Talking Book. No way. Um, anyway, it's not better than Liz Fair's Exile in Guyville. No. What's going on, Rolling Stone? The, 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 uh, the head of, uh, the lead singer of Old Crow Medicine Show really has to get more um, knowledgeable about his hip-hop life. <laughs> Alright, 48. Uh, Legend by Bob Marley and the Wailers. I love this record. Um, I mean, how many people do we know that are like, yeah, I'm not a reggae guy, but I love this album. Um, I think that um, Exodus was also in the top 100, and that's really good, but, you know, this is like, this is the album for people who don't necessarily you know know anything about reggae music or, uh, you know, just, uh, or think they don't like it. Um, and really, it's because there's a lot of good R&B and pop sensibilities here. They're all They're just all great melodies. They work as pop songs and there's a lot of, you know, and, and plus the lyrics are great. They're so political um, and spiritual and there's a lot going on in them. And, um, and the, the songwriting's just top notch. It's, it's, it's a tremendous album. Now I listened to it because I was like, cause I loved this album, especially in college. And, uh, and I was like, is this one of these records that I like liked in high school and college, but now I don't anymore. But no, I think it holds up more than holds up. And I, I, I wouldn't call myself a huge reggae fan. Uh, what's your take on Led? I, I like Bob Marley, but not in big doses. Yeah. So if I'm going to listen to something, it'd probably be Legend. That's the album to listen to for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, album number 47, uh, The Ramones and their self-titled album. And I think, wasn't this, uh, didn't you have this in your favorite 500 like last week or two weeks ago? No, I had, it, mine was just like a Ramones it was the greatest anthology, hit. which is full of Ramones songs. This is their first album. This is the most famous one. And, you know, it's credited with being... Being a, um, you know, it, it's credited with being one of the original, you know, punk records. And uh, I will say this. I think that it is, um, I, I tend to feel like it's overrated a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like it, but everyone's like, you know, it's the gold standard of punk rock. Uh, no, there are a lot better punk rock albums. I don't, I don't like this. I think uh, there are the only Clash album that uh, I think this Ramones album is better than is their last one, Combat Rock. All other Clash albums albums I prefer to this one just mm-hmm. as an example mm-hmm. um I just think you you know and I feel like you know other other albums I feel like the Ramones just kind of perfected a sound and didn't you know deviate too much from it over the years yeah so a lot of people are like you know what you're getting yeah and uh I feel like it kind of all runs together after a while and mm-hmm. you just say this with the first album now that, that that's really nitpicking overall yeah this is, a, this is an outstanding record and mm-hmm. I appreciate its influence and is it a top 100 album yeah absolutely absolutely um it is not better than Liz Fair's Exile in Guyville or Stevie Wonder's Talk Look. No mm-hmm. one. Uh, 46, Graceland by Paul Simon. Um, this album was everywhere when it came mm-hmm. out. One of the biggest albums of the year. Won 8 billion Grammys. Um, everyone knows the videos with You Can Call Me Al and, and uh, Boy in the Bubble. Uh, but the whole album is just solid, great from start to finish. Um, what I like about this album is that it really, it sets a mood. The, the best songs really set a mood and it's really you know it's very calming 
and relaxing. Um, and but in a like a but not like in the kind of a mellow kind of like folk rock kind of way. And I'm he was into world music at the time, obviously, especially mm-hmm. the South African um sounds, and they're all over this record. Um, and I'm not I wouldn't call myself a world music kind of guy. I definitely would not. Um Bit magazine called you that. What they said Mike Byer is a world music guy. Remember? Cover of Spin Magazine. Yeah, Franklin Sampson collected damages for me in the ensuing. <laughs> That's why Spin Magazine is only online now. It's no longer yeah. have a print edition. That's why they do their uh, monthly Beave is a Jag issue. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, this album definitely belongs in the top 100. Um, and yeah. my favorite song on here might be the title track, Graceland, um, with the Everly Brothers singing, uh, uh, or Diamonds on the Souls. Oh, Everly Brothers sing background on that? On Graceland, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Boy in the Bubble is my favorite. That's one of the top five Paul Simon for me. I love that song. That's a great song. There's no bad. We'll be talking about Graceland in the future. There's yeah. no bad songs on the record. Yeah. The last one is uh, Sign of the Times by Prince. Which we also just talked about. We also just talked about two things. Uh, one, listen to the Prince podcast that we have. Um, we have our good friend of the show, Kirk Pinchon on. and um, Kirk Pinchon. Yeah, a personal friend of Prince who uh, uh, advised him at every step of his career. And <laughs> Prince really ne- rarely made a move without consulting uh, with Kirk. And really, you can hear, you could feel his influence the most on Sign of the Times. Um, I think that this is just such an amazing burst of creativity for him, not just like pop music but also like adventures like compare this to like you know the Ramones where they're really not you know straying too far from the formula uh I mean this album is all over the place and I don't think critics knew what to do with it and so but I think over time it's become you know a lot of people think it's his best and I think it's his second best uh after Purple Rain but uh I'll definitely hear the arguments that this is his best album for sure um absolutely belongs I could even put this higher than number 45 I really mm-hmm. could um so, so that's it and oh I think think that I, um, I, I, I may have mentioned this before, but if I didn't, if you are on Spotify or Apple Music and you can check out the super deluxe version of this album, it's almost a hundred songs. And most of them are songs that he never, ever released, or he took snatches and bits and snatches of songs and released them in in subsequent releases and subsequent songs and just put ideas. And it's it's unbelievable that this, this guy must have just lived in the studio and done nothing but record music. It's a hundred songs. Anyway, it's too much, but you can just you basically can just download 12 of them and you'll have like it's like 10 new prince albums it's incredible yeah anyway those are my those are my uh, rolling stone choices all right so now we go move on to my 500 favorite albums and if you are a new listener and we seem to have gotten a lot of new listeners lately i go through my 500 favorite albums of all time we are up to number 245 on this yep more than each week we do yeah that's true each week we do five of them just like beave does five of rolling stone top 500 albums. I also add five albums to my Spotify Jagbags podcast playlist called Most of My 500 Favorite Albums. The reason it's only most of is occasionally something's not on there. Like this week, the first album I'm doing, only two of the songs from this album are on Spotify. Okay. So we will start. Oh, oh. And before I start with that, I am up to 222 hours on that playlist. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> over nine days of music. <laughs> Put it on and enjoy. Yes. Okay, my first one. It's only the top one, Beeve. Okay. City Nights <laughs> by Nick Gilder. You know, no no one has a more loyal fan uh, than uh, Nick Nick Gilder uh, and, and Len Foot. This is a <laughs> special relationship. <laughs> this one came out in 1978. Rebecca Robinson was driving in a Cadillac, pitched up a hitchhiker, told him not to sit in the back. Lonely girl in a lonely world. Got to get out. Got to get out. Got to get out is the first song on the album. And I was cranking it today. I was like, this <laughs> album rules. Goddamn Nick Gilder. I think Nick Gilder. The song that everybody knows off this album is Hot Child in a City. Damn. Which was a number one hit. Also has She's One of the Boys and Rockaway. I think the only two songs that are on Spotify are Hot Child in the City and Here Comes the Night. So those are the only ones that are on my playlist for this week for this album. Okay. And I think he should have been bigger. Yeah. He had the one big hit and that was pretty much a hit for him. The album did pretty well. It hit number 33 on the charts. And it's like, we've talked, we talked about frequency when I covered that one. I had both of these on, on eight track. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of those things where I went to Music Land or Music Works, just called Music Works back then, and got it for super cheap. And then I listened to them like, these are both great. It's like power pop, kind of a tinge of David Bowie to it, I guess you could say. But really enjoy it. If you can find it. I mean, it's on CD. It's on Spotify. Maybe you can find it somewhere else. City Nights by Nick Gilder. Nick Gilder is now at a, a liquor box talking to Laura and Nick Gilder's like only Len understands. No one else. <laughs> uh, I'm a mystery to everyone except Len. Yeah. Laura's like, all right. So on to number 244, Rotting Pinata by Sponge. This came out in 1994. In a world of human wreckage where I'm lost and I'm found and I can't touch the ground, I'm plowed into the sound. <laughs> that is plowed. I enjoy the title cut, Rotting Pinata. Molly, parentheses, 16 candles down the drain yep. and drowning. This album went gold. It was number 58 on the charts. And it's one of these albums that it built up because initially it wasn't even in the top 200 on Billboard. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the first song they released as a single was this Nina Menasha, which is a good song, but it's over six minutes long. And I guess those are two cities in Wisconsin. <laughs> Not the best choice for a single though, even though it's a good song. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of met with indifference. But but then they released Plowed and Plowed did really well. And then all of a sudden they got some airplay. And Plowed, Plowed also probably has a Wisconsin feel, uh, probably written in the <laughs> Get the cows out there. Get the cows out there. <laughs> so in February 95, it finally hit the top 200. Mm -hmm. So Plowed got played on the radio. Q101, this is where I heard it. Q1, Chicago's Q101 back in the 90s, a station I listened to a lot. Yep. And then Molly got played a lot. Molly, you keep thinking, this is about Molly Ringwald, but it's not. <laughs> it's actually about some girl who got upset because she tried to seduce her teacher and he denied her. That's what the song's about. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Molly, 16 Candles Down the Drain. I mean, Molly. But I think that's 
part of the reason why it got popular because people thought this was a song about Molly Ringwald. I mean, what are we supposed to think with that? Yeah. And uh, I think Drowning got played a little bit too. Yeah. But I played this album like crazy, and it got it got pretty good reviews, mainly positive reviews, and it ended up 139th best-selling album uh, album of the year. Not bad, especially for like an alternative group and for one that started out so slowly. And Plow just missed being a top 40 hit, hit number 41. And I, I wore out this cassette. I love this album. I'm looking. Do you know for- anything about it? Or no, I have to say I've never heard. Uh, oh, you never heard any of these? No, wow, I never did. But again, like the 90s were kind of. I was. Uh, I was musically. I really was. Uh, I wasn't as uh, plugged in as in later. Yeah. So. As we are now with our Jesse Ware fandom. Uh we are so plugged in with our <laughs> John Prine expertise. <laughs> Ooh. Our next one, this is Rolling Stone's number one album of all time. Right. 243, What's Going On, Marvin Gaye, 1971. Mercy, mercy me, oh. Hey, things ain't what they used to be. What about this overcrowded land? How much more abuse from man can she stand? So maybe we won't say a ton about this one because we'll go talk about it again when you get to it. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that the huge hits on this are all still huge issues today. Yeah. A lot of people say mercy, mercy see me the ecology he was one of the first people to talk about the environment like that yeah he was I, and I, I mean this is like a concept album it's all told from the view of a vietnam vet returning from the war and just what he's observing and you know what's going on like what's why are people fighting each other about this war yeah and inner city blues makes me want to holler just the problems of the inner city uh, this was his, this was his 10th album he produced it himself and i read an interesting quote today about the song what's going on somebody else wrote it they brought it to marvin gay and they said we brought him we brought him this but then he tailored it yeah like he made it what it is right. which is nice to say especially when it's like i wrote this song but they're like well it wouldn't have been what it was if it wasn't for marvin gay what he did and i think marvin gay produced that that record is that right? yeah yeah i just i had that was my next note he produced it himself and, you know obviously great reviews number six on the charts 52nd best album for the year and gold right? yeah there's uh there's not one bad song on on that album it's it, yeah and it's all been said it's a masterpiece and what i noticed too listening to it is there's like echoes of each song as you move on you almost feel like part of a song that you've already heard right it's interesting how they produced it yeah it it seems to and i also read that um he also didn't want it to sound too slick um so he um he also like like his background singers were a couple of guys from the Detroit Lions uh, because they, they they weren't necessarily the world's most professional singers but it kind of like got had that like kind of common touch to it because mm-hmm. it was an album about people and yeah uh, yeah but I agree with you the lyrics are depressingly timeless yeah you know, very sad just everything about it is I mean the reason it's not super high up on mine is because it's the, uh, the minutes I haven't given the minutes to it for me for Marvin Gaye the first Marvin Gaye thing I listened to a lot was I had a cassette of his earlier stuff plus maybe a couple of songs off of here mm-hmm. like it had the Tammy Terrell stuff right like too busy thinking about my baby and I listened to that a lot I almost put that on there but it had a couple of these songs on there so I'm like well I'll just put this on there and I also have a Marvin Gaye number one hits one that I listened to a lot but I decided to put this one on there's a um so that's kind of in the same kind of feel and the same uh sort of like vibe everything that we've talked about as slime 
family stones, there's a riot going on. Uh, same type of, you know, urban kind of themes going on, war, um, you know, the reactions in the inner city um, and and different kind of, which album do you like better? What's going on or there's a riot? I, I think what's going on is like a hundred times better than... I don't think I know there's a riot going on that well. Mm-hmm. Flying the Family Stones, I probably listened to them almost, I probably listened to Flying, Flying the Family Stones albums, but the one I listened to most of their greatest hits, so yeah. I can't say I have a real strong the, sense of that album. I think the big hit from the other one from There's a Riot Going On is Family Affair. I think that's there. Yeah, that's a great song. That's their big hit. Yep. Um, anyway, I was just curious. Okay. 242. Garbage. <laughs> this came out in 1995. Hey, boy, take a look at me. Let me dirty up your mind. I'll strip away your hard veneer and see what I can find. Yes, Shirley Manson, you did dirty up my mind. <laughs> Ultimate. I love, I love Shirley Manson. <laughs> that song is queer. This also has Only Happy When It Rains, Stupid Girl, and Milk. This is their debut album. This album is crit- huge. Yeah, it got critical praise. Hit number 20 on the charts. Stupid Girl is nominated for two Grammys. Yep. I didn't realize that Butch Vig produced Nevermind. Um, I, I remember the name being, like, he, I remember that he was involved with Nevermind. Because I read I read a story today where Shirley Manson was like, who is, they were like trying to get her to be, because they saw her perform somewhere and they wanted her to be the lead singer. <laughs> and she's like, I don't, who's, I don't know who Butch Vig is, who is that? And they said, well, look on the back of Nevermind. <laughs> so she was like, oh, okay. Th- that's acceptable. Yes. And there's this, another thing I read, there's a song on here called Fix Me Now. And the original title of it was Chris Cornell because Shirley Manson was obsessed with Chris Cornell. And this was the 52nd best-selling album of 1996. So it was another one where I think it came out in 95, where it just kept on selling and selling and selling. Double platinum. And I'll, I'll say the greatest honor for them for last, three-star honorable mention from Bobby. Really? Yeah. And you know it's good. Yeah. Well, what do you think of them? Garbage? Yeah. I, you know, I put them, as far as like the grunge pantheon, I would put them as like second or third pantheon. You so think I, they're grunge? They're like electric. Electronic almost. Uh, well, then like the 90s kind of, the grunge era, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I would put them like second or third Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her. I love this album. They had a book out a few years ago that was great. It was just about their touring life and really enjoyed it. I just think she's fascinating and she's got a great stage presence. I think that's part of the reason why they did so well with their first couple albums with the videos and... They were different. Just her just her presence. Yeah. I mean, and they had, they had a guy who was like a studio wizard mm-hmm. in Butch Vig to, to help them out. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy them. This is my second one of their albums on my list. For sure. All right, now we will go to your favorite group. I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. I like this album. Oh, I'm, you do? I like this album. This is number 241. It's The Long Run by The Eagles. Came I out in 1979. Somebody's gonna hurt someone before the night is through. Somebody's gonna come undone. There's nothing we can do. When I was at grammar school parties and this song came out, I would stop it and tell everyone... Listen to these lyrics, everyone. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, Len, you're way too serious for being in seventh grade. And I said, there's a message here. I was, uh, I, 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 when I would hear it, I was like, oh, that's scary. Someone's going to hurt someone tonight. Oh, <laughs> I was not told. Uh, co-written by. Uh, I don't know. Jackson Brown. Bob Seeger. Oh, really? I believe so. I think that's. Seeger and who else? I think Glenn Fry. Glenn, Lee? Glenn Fry. Huh. I didn't know that. I am, uh, just, I'm just uh, confirming that uh, with Alex. 
Brooks. Uh, he writes back napkins. Okay, that's not helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, Don. More songs I enjoy in here. I can't tell you why. Freaks don't want no freaks in the city. Jam. That's uh, this is their sixth album. Timothy B. Schmidt's first appearance. He replaces original member Randy Meisner. This was a monster. Seven times platinum. Hard Egg Tonight was number one hit. Won a Grammy for best rock performance. This album was number one on the charts. Three top ten hits. The other top ten hits were I Can't Tell You Why and the title cut, The Long Run. Also good. And second best selling album of the 80s, I guess. What? That's not right. Oh, of 1980. So this really took off. And I remember being it around. But this was an album I felt like they played a lot of the songs on the radio. I mean, they had three hits, but I felt like even you'd hear King of Hollywood, you'd hear Disco Stranger, you'd hear In the City. It wasn't just the three big hits. So it wasn't one where I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. Because right. I don't think I got, I mean, I can't tell you why I maybe was played a ton because you could hear I Can't Tell You Why on any station almost. Right. Because it was a ballad. So you could hear it on like adult contemporary. Yeah. I mean, you, you, there was a point where you couldn't get away with it, but I never got tired of it because I think that's, I, that's a pretty good song. I never got tired of, of that song. Yeah. And it's kind of a, it feels different from other Eagles albums because you don't have like that country tinged ballad on here. You know what I'm it, saying? There's no peaceful, easy feeling or take it easy. So it, it's almost like a departure for them. They definitely were trying to get the rock type sound and get like expand their audience. And that's why they brought on Joe Walsh. Um, yeah. yeah. Joe Walsh was like helping with that. And uh, so he, you know, he muscled up their sound. So it wasn't so like jangly, but more like. But this was pretty much it for them after this, though. Yeah, they were ready to kill each other after. Yeah, you know, they. I feel like they did all this work to come up with kind of a different sound. And they're like, and not worth very it. successful, but then they never really had anything after this. Not worth it. He's a jag off. So it's. <laughs> So it's it. There's there's a lot of interesting things about this album. I uh, this is my favorite Eagles album. I really, in yeah. fact, I would say this might be the of their studio releases. This might be the only album that I I like long the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense because it's like maybe you just their normal sound you don't like, and this is this was completely different. Yeah, could be. And Joe Walsh, I really like. So you know that and uh, you know, and I don't mind a little Don Henley and Glenn Frey just in small doses, not all the time. Not you know jammed down my throat. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about. Don Henley next week. Oh, ho, ho, ho. and there's the preview for next week. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, from your favorite 500? No, that's it. That's it for the week. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening. Wow, I, I'm shocked. I thought Long Run was a definite no. So you have Nick Gilder, you don't really know. Sponge, you didn't really know. Yep. Marvin Gaye, everybody likes. Yep. Garbage, you're kind of in the middle about, Amy. I would say I don't. Uh, it's not amazing, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So no strong objections from Beeve this week. None. No, there'll be none. Uh, I'm pretty easy going. There's just a few that really just hit my butt. <laughs> I'm pretty easy going. Yeah. That's, that's We're going to have I'm a Nick Gilder party at Beeve's house. And Jay-Z bring... Z just faxed me. He's like, oh, really, Beeve? Are you? Are you easy going? <laughs> You're a dillweed. Uh, um, <laughs> Jay Drake, he's uh, he's sending me a, 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 I'll have to play at some point the diss letter that Drake wrote to the rapper Joe Budden, B-U-D-D-E-N, not to be confused with the president of the United States, Joe Biden. It is one of the most epic tweet uh, tweets of all time, just telling him, you know, you stink, <laughs> you are not good at music, and how dare you criticize me. <laughs> 
It's so funny. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Jay-Z feels the same about me. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. We are available wherever fine podcasts are found. So please subscribe to us. Please just type in Jag Bags Podcast. We'll pop right up. Click that subscribe button and you'll get episodes delivered twice daily to your device and for great insights and hilarity. Um, Len also uh, told you about where we are on the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear.